Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius again. Continuing the book of Ephesians. We are now in Ephesians chapter 6, which is the last chapter. And I pray that the Lord will give you understanding and to be able to practice all of this exhortation that Apostle Paul listed for us as believers how to conduct our life. And let's go to chapter 6 and wrap this thing up. Now, he was talking about husband and wife in chapter 5. And in chapter 6, he's now going to address children, which is everybody in the church has to be lined up with Jesus Christ to have the blessing of God coming upon our ways, upon our families. Here he's talking about children now in chapter 6 of Ephesians, chapter one, chapter 6 verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, if you go to the book of Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, you see the commandment of the law. So, sometimes when we say, are we under grace, we shouldn't keep the commandments. We are keeping the commandments. We are not under the law, but we are keeping the commandments. Because once Christ gives us a new heart, a new life, the commandments become natural to us. And so, children, you are not to, you are, you are to understand that once you have not given your life to Christ, you may still have those stubbornness. But when you give your life to Christ and it touches you, and you are a new creature in Christ, this will become automatic for you to obey your parents, to love your parents. But in the days of the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them, so they have to be given those laws, and they have to struggle to keep it. But now, if you are in Christ, it shouldn't be a struggle to be able to do these things. It's just natural. It's a new life, a new creature, a new nature, a gift to us. The nature of Christ is, is put in us by the Holy Spirit. So now, it's reminding them that are in the body of Christ, to remember that you have to obey your parents in the Lord. See, this is right. And you see, that is the promise, the only promise in, in, in the law of Moses, in those Ten Commandments, the only commandment that has a promise with it. That's what he was saying. This is the first commandment with promise. What was the promise God gave to the Hebrews? That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So that is a promise for obeying your parents, for obe obedient to your parents. Now I went for that in verse 4 to talk to the fathers. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You see, you have to learn to or practice to, to, to take care of your children with gentleness, nurturing them in the admonition of the Lord, means teaching them the way of the Lord. When you look at the Old Testament, the laws of Moses, he commanded the the, the fathers, the responsibility is upon you fathers to teach your children the way of the Lord. In fact, he said, write it upon the doorpost, the law of God. Write it upon anything you can write upon. In our house, we have posters that talk about different Bible scriptures. That is how you instruct children, also teaching them verbally. Daily Bible study. In fact, he said, when you go out walking them, walking with them, talk about it, about the Lord, and teach them the word of God. When you sit down in your house, talk to them about the Lord teach them the word of God. When you are about to sleep, talk to them about the Lord, teach them the word of God. Let your life, your, the life of your children be filled with only the things of God that nurturing them in the way of the Lord, along with the other education, of course, that it may be well with them, and they will grow long, they will live long upon the earth. Then it talks about servants in verse 5. Servants, that also include everybody that is an employee. You are a servant, if you are an employee of a corporation, employee of a government or so on so forth, because you are, have a boss over you, that's why you are servants. Anytime you have a boss that is in charge of this thing, you are working for that boss, you are a servant. 
So when you say servant, he's talking about everyone that has employment. You are serving somebody. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling and in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Remember that. He said with singleness of heart as unto Christ. So you have to remember anything we do, we are doing it to Christ. When you are serving, it looks like you are just serving that company or your corporation or that government. You are serving Christ. I preach in some of my sermons that everything we are doing, we are to make this world habitable. That is the shot God gave to Adam in the first place to tend the garden. Where that garden, we thought it was a garden of Arab somewhere in the, in the Middle East, we are called Garden of Eden. That is symbolic. This planet is the garden, really. Christ said that this world is the field that he planted and he put man here. So then when he said tend the garden, it's actually telling us to make this life, this world habitable. Because what do you mean by ten, if a, a, a normal garden, a, a, a physical garden, that you have a gardener to be taken care of. What is the purpose of taking care of those gardens? So that the place will look neat and tidy and smelling good and people will love to come near there and smell the roses. So to make it habitable, to make it interesting, impressive for people to want to come and live nearby. That is what it is when you tend the garden. So whatever we are doing, we are also tending this garden or this, this garden is the world that we are in. And whatever you are doing, you are doing it to make the world habitable. When you are just a driver, taxi driver, yes, you are making the world habitable. People find that there's a taxi, they can get a ride to go to where they are going. You are making the world habitable. Whatever you are doing, you are doing it for the Lord, tending the garden. So that's what he's talking about here when he said, do it as unto the Lord, with singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. That's verse 5. Verse 6 said, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. See, anything we are doing, we are doing it from the heart for the Lord. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Remember that. Whatever you are doing, you are doing it to the Lord. Knowing that whatsoever good, whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So whatever you are doing, you are going to receive your reward from the Lord. You see, you're going to receive the reward from your master, not just your master, it's from the Lord. Promotion. Some people that are working as employees of a corporation or employees of the government, and you want promotion. Promotion, you see, is coming from the government or from your master. The Bible says promotion coming from the Lord. In the book of Psalms, it says promotion coming neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. So it is not your boss that is promoting, it is God that is going to convince your boss to promote you. It is not your boss that you are serving. It is the Lord that you are serving. If you know what you are doing, you are serving the Lord Christ. That's what the Bible is teaching us. As believers, Christians should be the best employee of any corporation. So you should behave that like that, that you are the best employee serving the Lord, not serving that corporation, not serving that master, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Assuming you are serving. So you are doing it with all your heart. Now verse 9, and he says, And ye master, so he's addressing every person. Masters means the boss, the managers, the employer, you are a master of somebody, somebody is working for you. Say, ye master, do the same thing unto them, unto your servants. Forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, that you are also a servant of somebody else. Remember, you are serving the Lord. Even though you are the director of this corporation, or you are the manager of this job, or you are the 
the foreman, whatever they call your title, or the police officer, the chief of the police, whatever you are, you are serving somebody else, which is the Lord, not even the man over you, not even the, the government uh, commissioner. They say, I'm, I'm serving the commissioner of police. You are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So know that you are actually serving the Lord. You commissioner of police, also, well, you, are, you are the boss of everybody. Maybe you are only serving the president of the country. No, you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why you must do it with honesty. If you know you are serving the Lord, will you be taking bribe to do your job? You must do it with honesty because you are going to receive your reward from the Lord God Almighty, from the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why you have to fear God. When you, come, when you read the Bible and you want to obey the Bible, you will see that you have to do things right and not the way the world is going or bribery. You, you want to give contract, you have to take some court. If you are serving the Lord, will you be taking some bribe to do the work of the Lord the Lord gives to you? Then you are digging your grave in hell and lake of fire. Like Solomon said, is there anyone that steal from God and say, I will investigate? After you steal from God and then you want to investigate as if God does not know you have stolen, he said, You are digging yourself in hell. So that's why you can't be, you are not deceiving God. If you know that you are serving the Lord, then you do it with honesty, fear of God. Anything you do, you will be taking bribe, you will be taking kickback if you are serving the Lord. Now, that's what he's talking about. You masters, do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your Master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. There's no respect of persons when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to deal with you according to what you have been dealing out on us. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, now he's going to talk to everybody now. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not saying be strong in yourself, but strong in the Lord. How do I say, how am I strong in the Lord? In the word of the Lord. That is confident that what you are speaking out, the word of God you are quoting, is going to take root, it's going to take effect because the Lord Himself is the strength of that world. The Lord is the spirit that's going to make it happen. So you are confident that it's being strong in the Lord, You're confident in His word. So be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Verse 11 says, Put on the old armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, everything the devil is doing to mankind and is still trying it against believers, against the sins of God, to try to bring them into sin. It's like a rope. Sin is like a rope that you use to take a cow for slaughter. Uh, in the, the people that are, that are selling cows, they will tell you, they will throw a rope that is half a loop. In it. They throw a rope to catch the cow's horns. Once they get the horns of the cow, they, they drag the cow until they can get another rope into his, into his feet. To drive, to take that cow to slaughter. That is what sin is. And Apostle Paul is saying it's like wiles of the devil. Wiles is the rope that the devil is throwing to grab people. But put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil is trying to throw sin at you, that you catch you, you try to glamorize sin. What you are, what the, the little thing you think you are going to enjoy if you participate in this thing is glamorizing sin. Don't let it that wild so they will take you in. And that's what he's saying. Put on the armor of God. This is how you're going to defend yourself against all those wilds of the devil. It's what he's going to tell us right now in from verse 11. He said, because we are not wrestling against a man. It may be a man that trying to invite you to come and participate in something. Don't think you are fighting that man. Maybe your former friend. He has joined the occult, occultic group. Maybe he has joined the Oboni court. Or the Ogbanji court. Or he has... This, 
and he wanted to invite you to come and join them. You are now to tell them, oh, I have been born again. I have become a new creature in Christ. Open your mouth and say it, because what you are saying, confessing the word of God is a weapon. And I'm going to point to it in this weapon of defending yourself. And he said, you are not actually fighting that your friend that trying to invite you to it. It is a spirit inside that man that is trying to suck you in to them. It is a spirit. So satanic spirits, they go through human beings too. They don't, you may not see them physically, but they go through human beings, convince human beings to come and talk to you. Convince human beings to come and threaten you. Convince another human beings to come and persecute you. It is spirit you are fighting, not that man. Because if you can get that devil out of that man, that's your friend, then you become your friend and come to Christ also. The same way, if somebody say, if you, if somebody, that's why you don't want to believe all those lies of some so-called false prophets that will say, my, your, your father's wife wanted to kill you, and so you have to come and protect yourself with some voodoo. Or your, your mother's other wife, your mother's other cop, co-wife is the one that wanted to do this evil to you. If you try to, if you try to get rid of that enemy, the physical enemy, you are being deceived. Ephesians chapter 6, where I stopped was verse uh, 12 where we are we are not wrestling against physical human beings we are wrestling against powers of darkness whether they are coming through friends or they are coming through some enemies co-workers it's not that physical person that is your enemy it is the spirit that is talking through them that is trying to do evil even if you if the voodoo man is trying to bring voodoo against you it's not the man that you are dealing with it is the, the spirit that is that you need to deal with and that spirit if you can bind that devil the voodoo man will surrender so that's why he said we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places so those are the spirits that we have that you are dealing with but we have authority over them you have to remember that christ has given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall be enemies of us. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He said, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, that is not against human beings that the devil is using, but against the principalities and powers of darkness, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So those are the people we are fighting against. And you have to take your fight spiritually by prayer and spiritual authority rather than by trying to beat the man up or insult the man that is talking to you you don't need to speak insulting words just speak the word of god that corrects what they are trying to do or what they are trying to make you come and do because the wise of the devil is to try to pull people into sin the sin could be just anger it's a sin when you start fighting the sin may be just to blaspheme or to curse or to say rude words again to the person or the sin to or you could see could be to just invite to come and participate you see in the in the ungodliness, in the corruption, in the adultery, or in the bribery. Everybody is taking bribe. They want you to part, to share in the money or to make sure you get the bribe from as a police officer. Make sure you bring your own. You tell them where you stand that you are not participating in this. They may fire you. Well, Jesus Christ will, will protect you or defend you or get you another better job. But you must be ready to stand. This is what he's saying there. Now, you are not wrestling against those other people that are trying to make you do those bad stuff. You are wrestling against the spirit that is controlling them. And if you stand your ground and you speak the word always, telling them from the scripture what the Bible says, you'll be driving those spirits away. And those other people will have their mind clear to think right. And they will stop persecuting you. That is how we win the battle. By fighting the spiritual forces that are in high places. 
Verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. What is this armor of God that you need to take unto yourself? He's going to describe it right now. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, what is the, when is the evil day? The day the devil attack is the evil day. The day the devil want to invite you to come and commit adultery is the evil day. The day the devil invite you to come and commit fornication, that is the evil day. The day the devil invite you to come and participate in the corruption, embezzlement. They're going to share the, the loot, the government money. They want to participate so that you can share in the loot. That's the loss. That's the, that's the, that's the temptation to, to participate in corruption. That's an evil day. How will you be able to stand when you also need money? See? Put on the whole armor of God. And this is the armor of God, righteousness. And he went further to begin to explain the armor of God right now in verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Now he's using the analogy of a of a soldier in the army of uh, Rome. In those days, this is what the soldiers put on ready to fight. They have to first use a belt to hold their clothes up. That's what they call the gadu. Truth is our belt. The truth is the word of God is the belt. The truth is word of God. Whatever God says is the truth. So you guard yourself with that truth that you know what the Bible says and you read the Bible regularly to know what the Bible says and that will be your defense to make sure that your clothes is, holding, is standing on you and not falling off. That's the belt to keep the, to keep all the clothes together is the guardian of truth. The word of God that you have in your mouth always, not just in your head, it must be in your mouth when you speak it out. That is the truth. That must be, and that you understand the truth. That is what we hold all your clothes, all your armor together in place. And then see, having on the breastplate of righteousness. It's using breastplate or something to protect your chest. It's just using the analogy of a of a of a Roman army, Roman soldier. They have breastplate, they have gadu, and also and so forth. And it's using another analogy that that's what you are also putting on in, in a way. And he said, our righteousness is the breastplate to protect our chest from all the arrows of the enemy. Is the is the breastplate of righteousness. That is, you must live the righteous life. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them. That's what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. Verse 50 said, And your feet, what do you put on your foot as this armor? Sure, with the preparation of the gospel of it, that is the shoe that you are going to wear to protect your foot or your feet from stepping on, on, uh, on uh, spikes of the enemy, is the gospel of peace. Ready to teach others, ready to witness. Keep the word of God in your mind that you used to witness. To other people, that is to protect you, to protect your feet from being hurt. Say so that's so the gospel of peace, your preparation for it is your is for your feet. Whether you are giving tracts to people on the streets, it's for your feet. Because as you witness to others, it's witnessing back to you, so that you don't fall into the same offense. When you witness to others, whether by giving them tracts or by telling them, telling them that Jesus Christ is the only one that can save, you are protecting your feet. It's like a shoe that you put on to keep you from stepping on. On, uh, on stones or on, on nails. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith. You can see the shield is very important when a soldier is going to battle. The shield is what they use in those days to protect themselves from the arrows that the enemy is going to be shooting at them or to protect themselves from the sword that the enemy has. They use the shield to stop the sword. He said, Our own shield is faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's how you quench the fiery darts of the wicked. The devil shoot arrows of thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. You use your faith to quench it, and you cannot, you cannot take, go any further. 
whether it is toss of whether the arrows of pain, use your faith to quench it by just quoting the word of God. Say, the word of God says, by his Christ, I am healed. And you believe what you said by that word of God, and that pain will cease. And that is what how we use the the shield of faith to quench the arrows of the devil. The arrows can come in form of thoughts that come to your mind. You quench it by telling what the scripture says to your mind also. Why? Because the Son of God cannot commit sin. You say, we are born of God. We that are begotten of God cannot commit sin. Sin cannot have dominion over us. You quench the arrows of the enemy by just the faith in God's word of God. Now verse 17 says, take on the element of, element of salvation. Element, that's for your head. It's a salvation that we are born again is what protecting our head from all hurt. That you must be born again. That's why we say the first step is to be born again. That is the salvation that you are saved from your sins. That is the first thing we must, we must have. And if you have not been born again, ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart today and he will give you that new birth. We have the element of salvation. And then the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the sword of the Spirit is the word of God in your mouth, not in, the, not in your pocket, not under your bed. People sometimes, when they are religious, they just put Bible under their pillow as if that's a sham. No, it is the word of God in your mouth that is the sword, that is defense. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that the Lord Jesus Christ has a sharp two-edged sword in his mouth, not in his hand, in his mouth. So the sword that we use to defend ourselves is in our mouth. It's the word of God that comes out of our mouth that we strike the enemy. The devil is the enemy, not the human being they are talking to. The devil that is behind the words they are saying, the devil that is behind their attitude is whom we are addressing. By the word of God, he said, ah, it is written. Remember the story when Jesus Christ was, after he fasted, the Bible said, the Satan went to tempt him. And he gave him the temptation three, three times. He said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Are you not hungry? Turn these stones to bread. And Jesus Christ said, it is written. So we have to quote the Bible verse. It is written to the devil. Whatever the right Bible verse that address the situation, address what the devil is suggesting. That will not make us do what the devil says because we are not to do whatever the devil suggests. He said, Turn the stones to bread. Jesus Christ said, Man shall not live by bread alone, is what God said. But by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. So it is written, it's what you use. That is the word of God in your mouth. That is the sword that the devil will move back because that sword is coming against the devil like a sharp edged sword. That's the word of God. And that's how you use it. And the devil came again and tried another temptation against the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, when jump down from this from this height, it is also written that God will give his angel charge over you. So the devil can quote some Bible verse too, but Jesus Christ used another Bible verse to counteract that because he is not to do what the devil suggests. And he said, it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So we have to, that's why you have to search the Bible daily to have the Bible verses in your mouth. Sometimes you have to memorize some Bible verses so that you can quote it exactly as it is written. And say it out just like that. It is written. And quote what the Bible says, what God said concerning what the devil is suggesting. It's what you are going to say. No matter what the devil suggests, you say what God said. And don't, don't succumb to the devil's suggestion. Like if in the Garden of Eden, he, the devil came and said, Did God say you don't eat it? He said, Well, God said you don't eat it. And the devil suggested that God is telling you lies. That's what, he, that's what the devil is trying to say. God knows that if you eat it, you'll be like God. Why will you even think about it? The woman will begin to consider it. Don't even consider what the devil suggests. The devil is a liar. So what will a, what will a liar say to you? Other than lies. Other than lies. The Bible says he is a liar and the father of lies. No matter what, what he is saying, don't even let him say anything. Shut him up. 
That's why the Bible says, shut him up. Don't let him let, don't let them say anything. That's why when Jesus Christ was casting out, they, they wanted to scream and say, you had the son of God, he said, shut up. He didn't want them to say anything because everything they will be saying will be lies and anyone that is listening to their lies can be confused, can be deceived. Don't even listen to their lies. Just shut them down, shut them up instantly. So the devil whispered to Eve and said, you will be like God if you take this forbidden fruit. And she started considering it. Don't consider what the devil said. Don't even listen to what he said. Don't even hear it. So that is exactly why he's saying, remember to use the word of God to stop the devil's mouth. Instantly. They may quote the Bible, but he's going to twist it. Like some people say, heaven, heaven, heaven helps those that help themselves. You have to come and take this evil voodoo. That's a lie of the devil. Christ said, it is our idolatry when you have trust in the voodoo to protect your life. Jesus Christ is able to save you to the uttermost. See, but don't let the devil trick you quoting something that is not in the Bible. See? So that's why the sword of the Spirit says, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's our Bible verse. When it comes to sin, she says, it is written. Sin shall not have dominion over me. It's what the Bible says. It is written. Christ has redeemed me from the cause of the Lord. It is written. The Lord of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the Lord of sin and death. It is written. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. The seed of God remains in us. We cannot sin because we are born of God. You quote that Bible verse, they will move back. They will look for another way to, to come. Because you won't, won't give in, you won't give up easily. But you have to keep the word of God in your mouth. That is the sword of the spirit that Apostle Paul is saying here. And then, when you have all of those weapons, all those armors, he said, you will notice that all the armors he described in this chapter 6 of Ephesians, from verse 14 to verse 17, they are all protection except the sword of the Spirit. He mentioned the helmet of salvators for your head, the breastplate for your shelter's protection, the truth is a gadu for your, for your clothes to hold you up, to hold your clothes up, that's truth. And the feature with preparation of God is all for protection. The shield of faith is also protecting to stop all the arrows of the enemy. But the sword of the spirit is for fighting the word of God. So there are many ways you use the sword of the spirit, just like I just gave you examples. When the devil came against the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ said it is written three times, and they will back off. You can also use it to rebuke an evildoer. I give an example. I was in a vision one time where somebody was trying to do evil against me in that dream now, in the dream. And I just remember the Bible that says it is written, evil shall slay the wicked. And the fellow screamed. Because that is a sword. Evil shall slay the wicked. That's the Bible verse in, in the book of Proverbs. There's another time when uh, I was waking up on my bed and I wanted to go outside to go and pray outside. Because I normally die every night. Maybe around 3 a.m. I wake up. And I was going outside to go look like something had come into my house. And the whole place was, the whole atmosphere was changed. And I was like in a trance as I was walking outside, and I heard a voice, and I know it's a demonic voice, a satanic voice that came against my house. And he was trying to say, Let this man be, tra- be, 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 be taken away. And I just quoted the Bible, but I said, Well, it is written, We that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abide forever. I just quoted that was a, a psalm. That was a psalm in the book of Psalms. He said, We that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abide forever. I just quoted that Bible verse to the voice that spoke to me. and that spoil seems to be saying some incantation. He spoke some few words in incantation and he said, Try the decree that this man points to me that I should be taken away from the earth. And I say, Ah, it is written, We that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abide forever. Then the, the voice wanted to say some more words. I said, Stop. Did you hear what I said? I said, It is written, 
We that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but are better forever. When I say it the second time, that I saw a bird flew away out of the house. I physically saw something flew out of the house. The, the atmosphere was changed back to normal. And I walked outside and I praised the Lord and I came back inside and slept. And that is how you use the word of God. And I'm going to pray for any of you that are having some troubles you are going through. Jesus Christ said, if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. So I'm going to pray for you. If you have sickness in your body right now, lay your hand upon the part of your body that is hurting or that is having any sickness. And as I command right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your body will be well. Father, I pray for all the people that are listening to me right now in the radio land. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I command the spirits of sickness and disease to come out of them and enter them no more in the name of Jesus Christ. I say so. All you spirits of sickness and disease that are causing pains or affliction or sickness of what kind, come out of this world and listen to me. And enter them no more in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is it, friend. You are healed. Believe it. Say it with your mouth. Say, I am healed. Say, I receive my healing right now. Say it again. I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. And begin to thank the Lord. Just lift up your hand and thank the Lord right now. Say, Father, I thank you for healing me. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say, thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say it again. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. By his right, we were healed. By the source of Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, you were healed. Amen.